Hey, special ed teachers. In today's episode, I will be sharing tips on what not to do with parents of our special needs students. But before we get into it, if you haven't yet, go ahead and grab my free IEP checklist before the meeting. This quick and easy checklist will get you started with the first steps you need to plan your next IEP meeting. I will go ahead and leave the link in the show notes. All right, let's get into the episode. Hey, special ed teachers. Welcome to Stepping into Special Education. Are you confused with writing IEPs? Need a system to track data? Are you up late Googling strategies for behavior management? Do you wake up with huge goals only to feel that you're not doing enough? Hey, I'm Michelle. I too teach special ed in a low socioeconomic community. I too wanted more connection with my special needs families. I wanted help with IEP meetings and needed more training with behaviors. And I kept asking myself, am I even doing a good job? Until I finally found the right strategies and support. In this podcast, you will find guidance with IEPs, behavior strategies, and SPED support so that you will know you've made an impact. So grab your iced coffee, clipboard, and your favorite pen. It is time to get things started. This topic is needed because unfortunately, sometimes we need that extra reminder every now and then on how to best support our students. And one of the best ways is through our parent-teacher relationships. Teaching in special education, I have taught students in the self-contained classroom in grades ranging from kindergarten all the way to third grade, from fourth to fifth grade, and then being a resource teacher, servicing students from transitional kindergarten all the way to sixth grade. At a training one day, I sat by a middle school teacher and I praised him for doing what he does because I feel that middle school is a difficult age to teach. You know, with their body changes and hormone levels. He responded that, oh no, it's hard to teach elementary. You all put together the groundwork and foundation before the kids even come to us. And I never thought about that. In most cases, elementary is the child's first time in actual school. The first time students are put in front of other peers their own age. First time having to deal with social situations. And in the special ed realm, sometimes if a child is not diagnosed by a doctor, It's the first time a child may qualify for an eligibility and qualify for special education services. So when this happens in elementary, this is the first time a parent gets introduced to the world of special ed. This can be very emotional and a sensitive time for them. They are unaware or not knowing what may be the best route for their child. So being a special education teacher We want to create that first relationship with our parents to ensure that it starts on the right foot. Understand that this may be a difficult time for them. We need to help support their child and them. So if you want to begin or begin building a good relationship with your parents, don't do these five things with parents of special needs students. Number one is communicating with parents only for negative incidents. Oh, this will not create a good relationship with your parent at all. When the only time you ever communicate with them is when something negative happens, the parent may soon become defensive 
and difficult to communicate with, then it will be even more difficult to work together as a team. The entire point I'm trying to make here is at the end of the day, our work is all about the child. And this is their parent or guardian that knows their child best. They are entrusting us with their baby. And it is heartbreaking being informed that your child did something negative. Sometimes it's the first time a parent hears something of this. And then sometimes the parents really know their child and has seen it at home. And then they can understand. But not every situation is like this. I like to highlight and recognize those little things that students do because you can always find the positives in each and every student. Yes, I know, I know we have students that you may feel are difficult, but believe me, there's something each and every one of those kiddos has that's a positive thing. And what's great is that we have parent communication apps now where I can send the parent a quick message with something positive that I notice their child doing. Try to do this with at least two students per week. Then go ahead and rotate and compliment two new students the next week. Parents love to hear about what their child can do. So for number one is communicating with parents only for negative incidents. Don't do these five things with parents of special needs students. For number two is not sympathizing with a parent. Sometimes this may be the first time a parent realizes that their child has a disability. It may be the first time seeing their child around other special needs students or the setting. A parent may be verbally processing it while they're actually talking to you in the moment and do not know how to deal with their own emotions. The entire process of first immersing yourself into the special ed world as a parent can be very emotional and completely confusing. If you appear as if you don't have time to speak to them or always are in a rush to go somewhere else or you're doing something else, a connection cannot be formed with this parent. A person needs to feel as if you somewhat can imagine what they're going through. They need to feel supported as an individual because they only want the best for their child. They just don't know how to do it. As their child's teacher, we not only support the kids, but their parents with helping guide them to what may or may not be best for their child. So take those extra five minutes to give them a call or at the pickup line, or if you absolutely can't, tell them to message you or give them a call when you do have a moment. We're all in this together. So for number two is not sympathizing with a parent. Don't do these five things with parents of special needs students for number three is not following up. If there are concerns that parents have, whatever that may be, it's necessary to follow up with a parent at most two days after that last contact. Again, this is part of building that parent-teacher relationship. We don't want to ghost anyone or have parents feel like we don't care. I do understand sometimes that we may be on our way to go to a meeting or it may be a hectic week. At that moment when the parent requests something, but we're away from our desks, I always let the parent know to please message me on the parent app or email me because I do not want to forget about following up with them. And they also understand that you're busy at the moment and that you really do want to help them. 
So for number three is not following up. Don't do these five things with parents of special needs. For number four is use acronyms that the parents do not understand. Oh man, acronyms. How many do we know, right? Just in special ed alone. And these terms are terms that we went to school learning about. We've been in the field for many years. That's how we talk to our colleagues at work on a daily basis. But please, please, please do not use acronym terms with our parents. For being a special ed teacher for almost 15 years, I am still keeping up with the ever-changing acronyms and updates we have within our field. Along with if you're moving to another district or actually I've had this issue in our free private Facebook group. Another special ed teacher from another state would use the acronym PLOP for present levels of performance when I'm used to hearing PLPs. So please remember that we need to fully explain these terms and meanings to our parents. This is not everyday lingo that they hear. Just because they have a child with special needs, we cannot assume they know what we're talking about. This is considered special education jargon. I feel I need to help educate the parents as well so they can be better informed. And it's my job to make sure my parents understand what they are agreeing to and not agreeing to so they can make an informed decision on their child's education. So for number four is use acronyms that parents do not understand. Don't do these five things with parents of special needs students for number five. And the last thing is assume we understand their situation. I will probably be ruffling some feathers right now, but it doesn't matter how long we've been in the field. It doesn't matter how much experience we have, but unless we have a child with special needs ourselves, we as special educators or service providers should never say the words, I know what you're going through or insinuate we know their situation. Clearly, we have no idea what it's like to have a child with special needs. Hearing that first diagnosis, having to defend our child, having our child go to school without them, especially when they're nonverbal the worries they have about their child's present and future. We don't know what they're going through. So we need to be able to guide not just their children, but our parents. It's a scary world out there and they have every right to worry. So for me, I know it's my duty to be that extended support that the parents will know and trust to take care of their child. So the fifth and last thing is to assume we understand their situation. I know today's episode was a bit of a heavy one, but I hope it helps you understand how to build that parent-teacher relationship and that it's important to support the student who may be with us for not just one year, but two or more years. So to recap, don't do these five things with parents of special needs students. For number one is communicating with parents only for negative incidents. Number two, not sympathizing with a parent. Number three, not following up. Number four, use acronyms that the parents do not understand. And last but not least, number five, assume we understand their situation. I would love it if you could share with me what is an absolute 
no, no, do not do when it comes to our parents of our special needs students. You can join us in the free private Facebook group at www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash stepping into special ed. We have an incredible growing community and I would love it if you could go ahead and join us in there. And last but not least, if you haven't yet, go ahead and grab my free IEP checklist before the meeting. This quick and easy checklist will get you started with the first steps you need to take to plan your next IEP meeting. I will go and leave the link in the show notes. All right, my friend, I'll catch you on another episode of Stepping Into Special Education. Take care and have a great week. Hey, before you leave, if you felt this show taught you something and got you one step closer to where you want to be, please leave me a quick review and follow this podcast. It is the best thing you can do to keep the show going. Also, be sure to join my free Facebook group. You'll be able to connect with me and get support from fellow educators just like you. Remember that you do make a difference and that there's always that one student that can't wait to see you every single day. Till next time, my friend. Take care.